Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. OMG, I am so excited today. Today is Mother's Day. And what's really exciting for me is that we have a number of mothers on this call. I can't see anyone, but I'm assuming Nate's working this out. So we have a conversation that I'm calling a rapid fire Mother's Day lessons learned conversation. So I'm going to be asking these amazing mothers to talk about lessons learned. And we have some interesting topics, and I think it's going to overflow uh, into what I'm calling our afterflow conversation as well. So we're going to start out with asking each mother to introduce themselves, um, tell us who you are. And, and initially, I was asking you to talk about this concept of a mother's love. Just introduce yourself right now and tell me what does Mother's Day, what does Mother's Day mean to you? Anything you want to share about being a mother? Well, I want to say that um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, Tracy, thank you. This is uh, Jerry Tart in Orlando. Hi. And Hi. I am just overjoyed that my two sons are here with me. So being a mother is really special. I think that it's a real significant uh, role that we play. I thank God for the opportunity to, to be a mother. So I am the mother of um, three sons, but I have two of them with me and um, the other is no longer with us, but I'm still his mom. Anyway, I thank God for all of these opportunities and that's who I am. And I've been a mother for, uh, how old are you guys now? <laughs> I've been a mother for 46 years. So I love it. And what I love about you, you're also a mother of so many, you're a psychotherapist. You've been in the in the field for 40 years, and I think you bring that mothering aspect to everything you do. So thank you, and thank yes. you for being with us today. So I see one of your sons. Hey, yes. Ansley, how are you? Um, how are you? <laughs> so Nate, I'm assuming you're just going to show the next mother, which would be um, we're going to bring on. Romy, Miss Romy Hancock, can you introduce yourself real quick? Tell us who you are, what you do, and, and what does motherhood mean to you? Hi, I'm Romy Hancock, and I am the author of She Believes She Could and She Did. I'm also a real estate entrepreneur. Um, I have five kids. I was a very, very young mother. I had my first two kids before I was 18, and then I had some more a little bit later at 40. So I think I've been a mom for 34 years now. And being a mother is the biggest gift that I can say that I have ever had, the biggest blessing in life. I absolutely love it. And um, I now have a grandson as well. So that's super wow. exciting because I get to be mama number two to him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, am, I just am in love with my kids. I say that it's the one relationship where you fall in love instantly when you see them. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. We have another mother on who's basically a mother of the community. We have rep State Representative Don Mason. So she's in the state of Washington. Uh, hey, Ms. Don, 
How are you? Hi there, Tracy. Tell us who you are and tell us what does motherhood mean to you? So I am, my name is Dawn Mason. Um, I am, when she says a mother of a community, I have a blended family that my husband and I bought together. I have a step, uh, not step family, a God family that my best friend died of breast cancer and she had 10 children and I committed to mothering those 10 children, which I have and continue and got a whole lot of Mother's Day greetings today from them. <laughs> and I have, um, so my husband had three children, I had two, and then we have one together. And she kind of is the uh, glue that kind of held everyone together. Then I also have um, one grandchild that is biological grandchild and I have two God grandchildren. And they're all boys. One is six. One is, that's Miles. And then there's Mwanza. And his mother is my bonus daughter. And I have Ryan, <laughs> whose mother is my goddaughter. So that's my god grandson. But still very much my grandchildren. And I have likewise lost a son. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to add a little bonus add on to that. You're also, when I say the mother of the community, you're, you're an elder of distinction within Africatown, within Seattle, within this space. But you're also, I mean, you, you've helped so many other mothers who were in need. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who do what you do, who are willing to share your lessons today and, and willing to share, you know, just sentiments from your heart. So just let me just say thank you. I love you all. So hopefully that you're showing the gallery of all the beautiful women. Because now, and we're going to introduce the sons later. We're going to, we're going to go into them in the next, um, next conversation. So what I want each mother to do, and we're going to start with Dr. Tarp. I'm going to have you, and again, this show is all about sharing lessons learned. Okay. Right. Um, wow, I just saw myself. This this is so interesting. I wasn't going to share this. So I'm not a mother, a biological mother, but if you look over my left shoulder, I actually have some fledglings that have created a nest one inch from my sliding glass door. I moved some plants right there so that I would have this really beautiful background for the show. And I noticed three days ago, fledgling. So I've been a crazy mother. So I realized the reason I'm, I even mentioned that is because I am so crazy. Uh, I knew young that I could not, that I didn't have what it took to be, take to be a mother. My nephew broke his arm when he was, I don't know, three or four or five. I was freaking out. It, I had nothing to do with it. I was nowhere around. He had a green little cast on his arm. And I used to have nightmares every night. Like, what if he doesn't heal properly? What if, what if, what if? So all I can say is everyone's not meant to be a mother. And I'm, thank God that I discovered that early on. I'm a mother now of some little babies. I will video, I'm videotaping them. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm crazy. So my question to you mothers are, how do you do it? Number one. And as you think about other mothers, I've asked you this question. What are the top traits that you would identify? If you had to describe yourself, you're now creating the ideal mother. There's no such thing. But if you had to describe the ideal mother, Dr. Tart, I'm going to start with you. What would you identify as the traits that you would share for the ideal mother? What would you do? What would you share? What would you identify? I think that one of the things that I would do is to be uh, mindful to your point that you just made in terms of just how, what does that feel like? Because I think that we do have to do some introspect introspecting. I think that there is such a societal expectation of what motherhood is supposed to look like. 
and how we are supposed to react as it were. But I think that um, because of our own dynamics or our frames of references or whatever, everybody doesn't come from the same place. So sometimes that can be very, very difficult um, for a young woman who's having a child if she doesn't understand necessarily what it means to have a sacrificial kind of love. If she doesn't understand what it means to understand what, what, how to love herself or if she's been loved. And I think that because of the circumstances in which children may be born or the families, the dynamics that, that may exist, it can uh, truly, uh, really have a tremendous effect on uh, an individual's ability to care as it were. And of course, we do know that there's the, the uh, depression that can sometime come, the postpartum depression that can come from um, having a child. So I say all of that to say that there are circumstances where individuals may have an idea of what this is supposed to look like, look like because of our societal uh, input, but their own um, references can make a big difference. So with that being said, I want to say that I think that it's important to understand that that little infant is absolutely powerless and your willingness, and it is a willingness to want to give them uh, a life, to ass assist them in sustaining their lives, that's absolutely critical. So if we can do that introspection and make a conscious decision to, and I'm gonna say it like this, to put our second, ourselves second because that infant is absolutely powerless and we can love them. Um, I think that Dawn was saying that, uh, or Roni, Money was that you love them at first sight and you do once I think that you see that this is yours and, and that, 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 that being, that human being, that soul has something to give. God has afforded you the opportunity to be the caretaker for, uh, of, that, of that child. So I think it's really important that you recognize that that's a being that's totally dependent on you for a particular time in their lives. So that's a critical piece that I think is important. I love that. When, when, I, when I spoke to you, and you've, you and I have had a number of conversations, and we talked about these traits of motherhood and things you would do differently. You said five things. You said I would be more reflective, more yes. discerning, more forgiving, much more intentional, and much more consistent. Absolutely. And I think those things are critical um, as we go through this process of motherhood. You know, because like you, you, I think you just said, nobody is perfect. There is no perfect mother. God and knows. I want, I want real mothers. This is, this, yeah. these are real conversations. I do think yeah. we do kind of, you know, look in at, at movies, you look in, you know, life and you're like, well, my mom wasn't, you know, right. Claire Huxtable, right? Yes. You know, right. no one, Claire Huxtable wasn't Claire <laughs> Huxtable, right? So at the end of the day, I think it's important. So thank you very much for acknowledging that we're all human. I yes. think about recognizing that. But when you said those five things, I thought, wow, that, that's pretty deep. Reflective discerning, yes. forgiving, mm -hmm. much more intentional and much more consistent. Those last three things, forgiving of yourself yes. and others, intentional, we say that all the time for everything, yes. and then being consistent. Yes. Okay. Uh, mothers, Don Mason, I see you now on the camera. You look gorgeous. As you think about the, 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 the term, you know, motherhood, and you think about the top traits, how would you describe kind of the ideal mother? What traits do you think, you know, come into so play? So I, maybe the wrong I think I am the ideal mother, so I'll describe right. it. Nice. So having so many children. So as an ideal mother for me and the children I wanted to raise was one was unconditional love and seeing magnifying my children's gifts, which diminish their needs, and raising them to be independent and live 
on their own terms. Those are three of the things that I did. And at one point, my uh, one of my sons said, you know, he might have been about 20 and told me, you know, stop worrying. You did a good job. Good. In other you words, back, <laughs> back away. You did a good job. And I was not consistent in, I, um, my children were children of the village. As you see, I taken a lot of children. Other people have helped me raise my children. I could not have done it with a village of women who were good friends and girlfriends and sisters. My sister-in-law had my son for a year. My aunt had my daughter. I have taken in other people's children. I come from a culture of where black women would say, bring that child over to me, honey, until you get your life together. And that's how my children were raised. So they were raised with a lot of women. And I've spent a lot of time in Kenya and in Africa. And that tends to be a cultural thing where children are born into a village so they don't actually belong to the mother. I love that. So the concept of it taking a village, you know, some of the work that we're doing right now is really about, you know, building and strengthening the community. And so, I mean, that that's critical when you say you've done it. I mean, I've met people. I've met people that you brought into your life. They call you grandma and you're like, that's, you know, and you tell me all these stories about people who, you know, you've helped to raise, you help their mothers and then you help them. And it's, it's such a beautiful Complex. thing. So, it's very complex, but it's very loving. It's very giving. So thank you. And I, and I love the idea of women kind of identifying and understanding the importance of community. So thank you for that. Miss Romy, Miss Romy Hancock, you do have a very complex motherhood as well. You said you, you, you were um, a very young mother. You mentioned in your book, um, I don't see Romy yet, but I know you're going to put her up for me, um, Nathan. But you mentioned, you know, that you were sex trafficked. So you have a very complex relationship as it relates to even the the um, father of your kids. So when we talk about the five traits that you would describe, Romy, um, as it relates to the ideal mother, what would you share with us, or share with others regarding motherhood and what's important? Yeah, so um, one thing that is very interesting about me is that I had, like I said, I had kids young but then I had kids older. So I really mothered them in two separate ways. And um, my younger kids, I'm a lot more patient, but I think the top traits that I think is very important is to parent perfectly, but imperfectly, because there really is no perfect. It just depends on the perfect in your world. But I know that children that are loved, that you, have, you can give them patience and understanding, and really guide them to what they want to be, I think is very, very important. In fact, my son, who's 30, he gave me a card the other day and he put a quote on it that told him when he was a little boy, if it's going to be, it's up to me. So I really think that, um, you know, giving them that thought of being solid within themselves, I think that giving them that power that they hold within themselves. And I think Ms. Tart said that as well, Ms. Mason that you have to let them know their own gifts and strengthen those. Um, everybody's meant for a different purpose and it doesn't matter if they are, you know, going to be a city worker and, the, and a, a garbage pickup guy, because that's an excellent career. They're going to be a welder. That's an excellent career. They're going to be a lawyer or a doctor. All of them are excellent careers and, you know, guide them towards what their strengths are and, and show them how to be happy and purposeful with living. I love that. I love that. And you're right. We're already hearing, and you ladies have never met each other before. I think maybe Don may have been on a call with 
with um, Dr. Tartar. She's, she's, she's definitely maybe heard her speak or heard her on some shows, but you guys have never spoken before. So I'm hoping um, Nate's going to be showing everyone at the same time. So what I was hoping I would see or hear is you guys, okay, when you admit that no one's perfect. So what I would love for us to talk about is what are your top lessons learned? If you think about mistakes you made and things that you're like, oh boy, like you said, you, some of you say, I'm a mother now, I'm a grandmother now. What, what do you wish you knew, things that you know now, that you wish you knew when you first became a mother? Lessons learned that we can share with others that you know now, that you wish you knew then. What would you share, Don? I'm looking at you. So I, with my first child, my natural, uh, my biological child, I didn't, it just seemed so natural to put them on my chest and be a mother. There's no books for that. Most of the books about parenting are too long and parents don't have time to read them. <laughs> I did start an organization called Parents for Student Success. My biggest challenge is around getting my children educated in the way that I thought that they should be educated. So I've had, had my children in charter schools, public schools, private schools. And now with the coronavirus, I'm homeschooling my um, six-year-old grandson in a way that's kind of what they call unschooling. He learns what he wants to learn on that day that he wants to learn it. And that's been fun. And being that I'm the teacher now, I promoted him to first grade from kindergarten. So I might put him in college. I have a right to do that now since the school shut down and the teachers don't know how to teach them distance learning. So, um, but the mistakes made, I, my ma I'm writing a memoir. It's called um, Two Husbands and a Lover. So I have biologically. I can't wait child. to read that one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can. Is that Dr. So, Turner? <laughs> so Dr. We're Tart, gonna have a separate show Tracy on that knows, one. Tracy knows my last husband who died in January. She okay, came into my right. life with his death as an angel and in some mysterious way. But she doesn't know me other than wait. And most people don't they know me as a state representative. They know me this way. I have about three friends that are very close to me that knows me the whole 50 years from 23 to I'm almost 75 now. And um, and they said, oh, if people really knew who you really were. And it's exciting. It's nothing really, you know, my book is in a tell-all. I'm not an expert on men. I didn't have any dis real dysfunction in these marriages. I did learn on that how to leave a man. So I took my daughter and my son and I left a man when he still loved me. I left politics while they were clapping and cheering. So the only way it could have been better if I had had a different personality for my children, and like Dr. Starts had been more consistent, I think they could have benefited. The baby girl who's now 37 had a very consistent life. I was with her father from you know uh, conception to his death. 38 years. She doesn't seem any more balanced than the ones that I bounced around with. So I don't know why. <laughs> so, <that laughs> so you're like, you're all good. I like that. I mean, I think what that, what you're basically saying is, regardless of what your, your life situation is at the moment, whether you were traveling around, being a state representative, you know, doing various things versus being at home, right? The core of who you are, that loving mother that you are, basically you're saying that kids are going to turn out the way they're supposed to based on the love that you put into their hearts. Right. It's unconditional, see their gifts and help them be independent. 
I love it. Magnify they get their gifts and raising them to be independent. I love that. Miss uh Miss Miss Romy, yes. top lessons learned. What you wish you knew now then that you know now. Yes. And you know, like I said, so I get I had kind of a second chance at being a mom again because I you know, my youngest ones are nine and twelve, and then I have older ones up to thirty-three. The biggest lessons I've learned is I actually asked my older kids, what could I have done better at being a mom? And, you know, I, I was not the same mom back then that I am now, but they did say they wished that I would have read them more stories at night and just cuddled with them. So it really, it really struck me that they just wanted my time and my love just to sit there and cuddle them. And I wish I would have done that more. They're not so cool with me hopping in the bed with them now and doing that. <laughs> At 33, I can see how that might be a challenge. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to, um, I love it. Uh, Nate, I'm gonna, Nathan, I'm going to ask you to bring everyone up because now I'm going to talk to Dr. Tart and her kids. So this question is kind of a general question, but I'm going to talk to Dr. Tart. I'm going to have you introduce your two kids. And then the question is for the kids, what did you learn from your mother? And then mothers, I'm going to ask you the same flip side of this question. Um, well, kids, what did you learn from your mother? Introduce yourself. Tell me what you love about your mom. Uh, tell me, actually, what did you learn from your mother that you used to push back on that now you're like, OMG, <laughs> she was so right. And you're either sharing that with your own kids or you just realize how right she was. What is one of those things that, that your mom used to share with you? One lesson learned. Are they there? We'll have the oldest kids. Uh, well, they're twins. They're tw so. Oh my goodness, they're <laughs> twins. How exciting. Okay. Dr. Chart, while, while Nate figures yeah. out the camera, yeah, I'm not sure what. Okay, so now they can What's answer. Okay. Yeah. Go Tyler. Oh, well, <laughs> go I Tyler. Who was that? Whoever said go Tyler, you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Ansley and Tyler. So first of all, ladies, first of all, I'm Ansley Johnson. I'm here in Atlanta. Thank you for God. Thank you for having me. Thank um, you for joining us. Happy Mother's Day. You know, the beautiful ladies and, and, and being a mother is something I'll never understand because it just can't happen. Yeah. Um, in this brief you moment, you like you guys were, Anthony, Hold on. You have kids yourself? I do. I have two children. Okay. So, so now what lesson learned did your mom share with you that at the time you were pushing back and now you're like, hmm. You're telling your kids the same thing. You know, just be prepared. What is I mean, PPP, prior prevention prevents poor performance. You know, um, that's 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 something that she preached. And I was like, I don't need to be prepared. I could just show up and do it. But you know, as life goes on, you gotta be prepared. And as you're prepared in life, you'll be able to, you know, deal with obstacles. Um, but that's something I now teach some of my kids about being prepared in each situation every day through it all. I love that, being prepared. So Ansley, are you the oldest? I am. By how many minutes? <laughs> One. <laughs> and Tyler, you and I met in Orlando and I loved you. I, I mean, you were there with your kid who was so adorable and, and I did a quick little video. I'll, I'll bring that out and I'll put it on the site now. Um, Tyler, tell us what lessons learned would you share? What did you learn from your mom um, as a lesson learned that perhaps you used to push back on? I think one of the uh, biggest lessons, and again, uh, happy Mother's Day to all of the uh, uh, ladies on the call and all the ladies Thank that will you. be viewing this. Um, 
again, I think one of the things that I've learned, and it's probably not just one thing, it's more so a style, and it's that style of asking the question that's after the question and the question that's after that question. Um, you know, as opposed to, you know, when it comes to raising children now, uh, my two sons, um, you know, there's a lot of things that they may ask for. And uh, it's just not as simple as a yes or a no, but the question after the question is, and, and getting them prepared with the follow-up question associated with it is one of the things that I really learned from my mom, right? So, you know, uh, as to what Ansley talked about, it's about being prepared. I think what my mom kind of, uh, attempted to do uh, with Edwin was raising us was, you know, asking us the question or, or forcing us to think through uh, what are the alternatives or what are the, what's our next move or what's the, if there's a plan B, what's that or plan C. So I think that's one of the things I learned. I love that. That is great. And, and you can hear the consistency that kind of aligns with what Dr. Uh, what even Representative Don Mason mentioned about raising her kids to be independent, right? This unconditional love. So basically if she was forcing you to think through, she was basically forcing you to use your own intuitive thought to yeah. figure things out and ask the question beyond the question. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, that has, uh, I mean, even then, it, it, as much as I didn't like it or I didn't want to admit to it, uh, it has stopped a lot of uh, bad decisions on my part. And I can say that, you know, when I did not ask those questions uh, later in life, when I was on my own, uh, you know, I, I learned. I learned from that. That's awesome. That is That is awesome. So now I have a question for everyone. I'm gonna work backwards. So I am gonna start with um, with the kids since we have handsome Tyler on. So I'm gonna go with Tyler, then I'm gonna go to Ansley, and then I'm gonna ask each of the mothers as well. For each of us on the call, what do you love most about your mother? And I'll answer last. So Tyler, you're still up. Tell us, what do you love most about your mother? Why is she so special? Uh, I can answer that with one word and that's everything. You know, um, I, I love everything about my mom. Um, from the, from, from, I love the fact that my mom's not perfect. I love the fact that she tells us or that she's honest and open enough and she has been open enough even at a young age, um, you know, showing and telling us that she's not perfect. Um, I like the fact that my mother's able to uh, take feedback uh, just as well as she's able to give it. And I think what it does do, uh, that gives us the, I mean, that provided us an example of how to maintain ourselves as young men growing up. Uh, when we did leave the house and when we did have or when we started to form uh, relationships outside of the uh, outside of the uh, outside of our normal family, you know, being able to uh, be a complete person um, and showing that self to those that you're around. So, you know, the aspect of my mother um, uh, that, 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 that I do enjoy is, you know, it's just uh, uh, her humbleness. Um, you know, in that aspect of being the true genuine individual. Amen to that. Thank you so much. Ansley, same question. What do you love most about your mother? Why is she so special? If I sum it up briefly, I would say nurturing. The word nurturing. My mom is a nurturer. I mean, she's been nurturing me my entire life, and she doesn't stop. Um, no matter, even if you think you know it all, you got all the answers. <laughs> You know, you may call her or be with her to console her or, you know, be there for her. And in the end, she's going to turn around and nurture you. Right. And you're going to be a better person when you leave the conversation. When you leave I've experienced the that, too. 
I've experienced <laughs> that with your mom. She likes to say that, you know, Tracy, you know, when we together, it's steel sharpening steel. I'm like, no, Dr. Tar, maybe. I hope so. But you are like so loving and so kind, each of you on the phone. Don Mason, you're exactly the same way. So, uh, uh, Dr. Tar, your kids yes. just showered you with love. I'm going to ask you about your mother. <laughs> The thing that I, loved, I thank you guys. That was a beautiful, I mean, the best Mother's Day gift that you guys have ever given me. That I was very beautiful. Um, that was beautiful, things, right? <laughs> yes. One of the things that I remember and I think so much about my mom and I appreciate it and love about my mom is that in those trying times, and I don't want to get emotional, but get emotional, girl. Times, it's okay. You said it. It's okay not to be okay. That's your perfect line. It's okay it. not to be okay. <laughs> And, and she showed that it was okay not to be okay, but I can remember her prayers. I can remember, I can remember her prayers in the, in the midnight hours when she would stand at the window and she would pray. And I didn't, under, I really didn't understand it like I understand it now, being a mother and a grandmother. And I recognize the significance of being able to turn to God all the time, anytime, wherever it is that you are. And I don't say that for any other reason, but because it's real and and it's the truth. And when I was looking at her her photo today. And I thanked her. I thanked her for being the woman that she she was and she is. And you, and, and 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 it was no there was no no avenue of perfection, but she did what she did. And I remember the one thing that she said. And we call these sometimes fanimeisms because my mother's first name was Fanime. But she used to say that uh, we need to be careful of the dog that brings the bone. I mean, she was insightful in that regard. Be mindful of your surroundings or whatever. And um, she also wanted us to recognize that it was important that even if it is that you make, make if you make a mistake, you can stand up, you can make, you could, you know, pick yourself up and brush yourself off and keep it moving um, because there was no requirement uh, to be perfect in that regard. And um, she would also give us the um, one thing that she said, and I don't know, and I didn't think about it until years later, how that may have influenced me to come and do what I did, but she says that if we can't take care of ourselves, then it's gonna be pretty impossible for us to take care of somebody else. So she did in her own way, she was teaching us to be um, introspective. She was teaching us to be able to go to God in our in our darkest hour. She she really did. And I, I love her I love for that. that. I love, um, I, th I think about the family, our entire family, there were 10 of us. And, and oh, the one thing that she said that was critical right now is that she says, I may not love you guys. I may not love you exactly I don't, I don't love you the same. I love you as you are. I know the difference. Mm. I know you well enough that I can love you for what your need is rather than to love you exactly like I love the other. So that was a piece that, 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 that I tried to implement. And whether my sons can see that or not, I don't know because I'm... <laughs> I'm tearing up for my I'm tearing up for what they were saying about you and you talking about your mom. This is so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to go to Miss Romy. Miss Romy, same question. What do you love most about your mother and why was she so special? What did you learn from her? Well, I learned that I had to have a lot of forgiveness um, for our lives. And I also learned from her, she never told me that I couldn't be something. So I would say wild things. I'm going to, you know, go walk around the moon. I'm going to go um, fly planes. I'm gonna, I was pretty much going to do everything. And she never told me I couldn't. So I always had a belief that I could pretty much do anything in life. And I think that I carried that. And I've also showed my children the same thing that they can be anything that they want to be. I love that. And your book is entitled, can you say the title of your book again? 
Yes, she believed she could and she did. She oh. believed she could and she did. You and I have spoken numerous times. We met a few years ago in a book writing boot camp and I knew the title of your book. I never knew. I mean, it sounds like your mom had a lot to do with that. If she if she helped you to believe that you could do anything. So that that started because you've had a pretty traumatic life. Yes. I mean, some things have happened to you that that it's just insane. So when yeah. you say she believed she could and she did, yes. That's huge. I mean, it means a lot. Yeah. So thank yes. you. So thank yes. you so much. Thank you. Miss Don Mason, same question. What do you love? What did you love most about your mother and why why was she so special? Ms. So Don Mason? I'm here. So that one's hard. hard. So like I told you, my mother died at Mother's Day. So this is a day that I, for a long time, didn't celebrate. And um, I love my mother for staying alive long enough for me to get home and to spend three incredible days with her. So she could tell me all about me and free me from me, mm. help me get out of my own way before she left here and only my mother could do that because only all these mothers know that no one knows the person like their mother the mother takes secrets to the grave with them um they know when the child's telling the truth they know when they're happy and not happy and so um i went home to see my mother and um I didn't think she was going to die. She was sick, but I didn't think she was going to die. She died. I went, got home on a Sunday afternoon, and she died that Thursday. But she spent so much time talking with me, and it freed me. She told me my, the most important things is um, the truth about marriage. My father is my hero. I thought they had a perfect marriage, So she and I was married. And I didn't think my marriage was as good as her marriage. But I did, after burying my mother, I went home and divorced my husband. And she freed me to do that. And I love her for that. All right. That's wow. all I can say. That's just, beautiful. I'm, I'm actually going to share. Right. Thank you so much. Ladies, first of all, thank you for sharing so much of yourselves and pouring your hearts out. Thank you. Thank you so much. What I'm going to say about my mother, who is absolutely amazing and Don when I met you and each of you are mothering me in some way because being in your presence knowing you is so such a blessing um Don when you and I met I think I told you you said I was a blessing to you you said I was an angel to you but please an know. angel not a, an angel an angel which is well, different than a blessing for me in my concept of what you are for me well, thank you. I'm glad that I was an angel for you. You are a blessing to me. Let me just clarify. So I'm glad that I was able to follow the spirit and we, you and I connected. That makes me so delighted. But what my mom taught me was something that you reminded me of. So she taught me when I was a young girl that it's okay to be different. I was very different than the other kids in my family. Um, and just in general, just being okay being me. And then when I met you in my year that I turned 50, um, what I, what I discovered was there's someone else like me <laughs> and it's still okay for me to be me. Right. It's still okay. It was like this confirmation that being different is, is, is okay. And, and, and wonderful actually. So I wanted to say thank you to you because you and I are very much alike in so many ways. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say. You're wonderful. You're now, welcome. 
what I heard you, you all say as well, and this is, uh, we're a little short on time. Uh, I'm going to ask Ken to come take this thing out of here, please, because I hear an echo. Um, so these are coming and going to have those bonus questions. So either if you're the child and you answer the question, this is saying, what did, what did, what was the most valuable thing you learned about from your mom about this topic, right? And if you're the mother, I'm going to ask you, what did you teach your kids about this topic? Or what did you learn about from your mother about this topic, right? But the first topic is you kind of alluded to it a little bit, relationships. So you're a mother, Ms. Don. Actually, I'm going to flip around and let you um, continue the process. Okay, as far as relationships, I could answer that question. Perfect, thank you. Don't give up the relationships you have with your sister friends mm. to hold on to a man. Because your children need more than just you. They need a lot of women as you're raising them. You need them and they need them. A lot of women just give up all their friends just to stay married or to have a boyfriend. And if they have children, the children suffer from that. Thank you. That's awesome. That's a great piece of feedback. When you're in a relationship, don't give up your female friends or your sister friends and your sister girls. I love that. Um, Dr. Chardon, I'm going to ask you the same question. What did you, what was the most valuable thing you taught your kids about relationships? I'm going to ask you that question. And you can also add what your mom taught you about relationships. But what did you teach your male children, Dr. Tart, about relationships? I think one of the things that I wanted them to understand about a relationship, as I say oftentimes that we are, we are responsible for our choices, but uh, to try. You, uh, you have to try. You've got to be willing to try. Nobody said that it was going to be a uh, walk in the park. Nobody said that it was going to be easy necessarily. Um, there's, there, the, you, you're, you have, uh, it's, it's not one person, it's two. So there's an influence that's coming from his family of, of, of origin as well as her family of origin. And there are some things that we may have projected or we may have assumed or presumed when we were first marrying somebody or getting with somebody um, that it looked just like us, but it doesn't necessarily look like us. And we have to be willing, we have to be willing to try. But there's one thing too, I don't know how clear I may have been, uh, certainly early on in um, my life about who I was, but I, I, I pray even now that they recognize how valuable they are, um, not just to me as their mom or their, uh, to their dad, but to the, the union that they've created because they really are, and it's really, really critical. And one thing that I wanna say that I, I think that I learned from my mom because it was not easy. God knows it was not easy. Um, but she was um, in 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 the, in the latter part of her. She really she really taught us that if you if you want something, and I know that this is an adage, but and uh, uh, you know an adage that we say, if you want something done, then you do it yourself. But I think that one of the things that mom said, mom showed us, is what trying looked like. She showed us what trying looked like. And sometimes it just looked like, you know, no, really, for real? But she, you know, <laughs> she See, did. these are my real moms. I love that. Relationships. Romy, yes. what, what would you say you taught your kids about relationships? Well, um, I would say that I taught them when they're looking for a mate, um, as far as, you know, finding that kind of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Very intentional about it decide what they want beforehand when they're what they're looking for in someone versus just and that every 
great relationship requires not only love, but also respect. Respect is huge. And it can't be a one-sided relationship. It can't even be a 50-50 relationship. It has to be 100% and 100% in your relationships to work. Absolutely. All right, I heard a Dr. Tar say absolutely. There was at the eight-man corner. Yeah. I love it. Okay, yeah. gentlemen, Ansley, Ansley and Tyler. Um, Ansley, we'll start with you. What did your mom teach you as a man? Give me something else that she taught you about relationships. Communicate, 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 communicate. Even when you don't know how to communicate, keep communicating until you figure out how to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> that don't. sounds like Dr. Tart. That okay. <laughs> Communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh, I love it. You just can you say that part again? Even when you don't know how to, keep communicating keep, until you figure keep it out. Communicating. Just say, I don't say, know how to communicate. I don't know how to communicate. <laughs> say it. Okay. Say what you feel. Say what you hear. Okay. Wow. Say what your intention is when you say it. <laughs> so communicate, communicate, communicate. That's a good one, Dr. Tark. Can you uh you do you know how universally if all men had heard that? What a better, what a better world we'd be in right now. Communicate, communicate, even when you don't know how to communicate. Keep communicating. Amen. Amen. I love that. All right, Tyler, Angeli, that was a good one, Tyler. What you got? What? Uh, it, what? What tip? Uh, what tip of tip did your mom share you about relationships? That's the, the biggest one that I got. You. The biggest one I got about relationships from my mom is about setting boundaries. You know, setting clear, defined boundaries uh, <laughs> as it comes to uh, formatting uh, these relationships. Um, even once you get in, you think you have boundaries, but because of your actions, their actions, whatever those boundaries are, don't seem to have set up. It's always time to reset and reestablish your boundaries. Amen. Hey, so, I love Dr. Tart. Wow. That's why I said we need this after hour because it's just too much. So, wow. Setting boundaries. But then he said resetting boundaries. Wow, that's yeah. deep. Okay, guys, I'm gonna go to another one. How much time we got, Nathan? Type it in there for me in a second. So, disciplining children. This is the next topic, ladies, for this mm. rapid fire Mother's Day. 12 minutes, thank you. Disciplining children. I need you to give me like your 60 second answer, each of you. Um, Don Mason, I see your face. We're gonna go. Let to your you. yes be your yeses. Let your nos be your nos. Mm. Raise your children nonviolently, whether it's verbally, nonviolently, emotionally, psychologically. I, I didn't spank children, uh, and I never got a spanking. Sometimes people say, oh, that's what's wrong with you. So <laughs> I never, and my father said that he would never hit his daughters. I had a sister and a brother, and there's three of us. I was the baby of the family, because for his girls, he never wanted to be the one who trained his daughters to take a beating from the man. So mm. non-body. Yes is be yes, and you know be no. That's good. That's good. Uh, Miss Romy. What, what advice, um, best advice you've given to your kids or that you've just used as it relates to disciplining children? Yes, I'm gonna agree with uh, John Mason. Let your yeses be your yeses and your noes be your noes. And definitely sticking with that and not you know, going backwards on um, what you want them to do or what you think is best for them. Also just being loving and trying to, and more understanding trying to understand um, what their point of view, because every child is different. Lord knows I have five of them and every one of them is completely different. So what 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 worked for one may not have worked for the other. And um, understanding that and having the patience. Mm, I love that. Okay, kids, uh, for Ansley and Tyler, so you now have grandkids. I want to know 
what did your mom do to discipline you and or what did you do to discipline them? What was the best piece of advice you can share or that you've heard from your mother related to disciplining children? Be and consistent. Please. Be consistent. Consistency. Okay. Be consistent. If it's like this on day one, it needs to be like this on day 10. Don't, don't, don't set a standard if you're not prepared to follow through with it. Don't set a rule unless you can enforce it. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Y'all are just all of you. All of you just killing it. I love this, Tyler. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, taking it back to looking at what the Bible says. The Bible says, "Spare the rod and spoil the child." One thing that I've learned <laughs> is that there, from my mom is that there are different things of the rod, right? So, you know, when people take a look at the rod being a physical kind of thing, there are different ways to punish the child to get your point across, mm. right? Just because you've grown up under or, or, or something was this is how you were you were disciplined. There are other alternatives. Uh, to get the same point across, uh, to steal in to uh, instill uh, or to get out what you want, what what you want from your child. So wow, uh, I love that. That's it. So you know, you, you when you learn more, you, you when you learn more, you do better. So I love it. Thank you so much. We're really, really short on time. So I'm going to ask you guys probably our last question. We'll see how we can get through. So again, 60 second answer. You know, we're in a very difficult time now. We're in the middle of a COVID-19 um, pandemic, but <clears throat> life has always thrown us curveballs. So my question is, and I'm going to ask Dr. Tart first, what advice have you given to your kids regarding what to do when life throws you a curveball? What to do, you know, how to overcome obstacles? What do you do when life throws you a curveball? What's the best piece of motherly advice you've given to your kids, Dr. Tart? One of the things that I, I like, I do say, is that this isn't new. It may be new to us, but it isn't new to God. So, and the, and and I encourage um, my children and my grandchildren to be. I try to encourage them to be reflective. Uh, my grandson, one grandson, is four years old, so it's a little different with him. But the others, it's like if you make a decision or you're thinking about whatever, then what are some tools you've already used? You know, we've already got this. I mean, in in that. We already, we, we know, we, we are reflective enough to say, to, to be able to think about what we're thinking about. So if you're just thinking about the fearful fact, then that's what you're going to basically uh, continue to experience. But if you want to see it a little bit different, talk about that fear factor, that thing that you don't understand, and then to look at something that you can do and focus on that thing that you've already done. Mm, I love it. I love it. Don Mason. So, um, what, so I, what yes. we're going through right now, and I guess we're speaking about the COVID pandemic, is that- Or, or, any, is or any obstacle. Yes, or okay. any obstacle. Well, I'm thinking about right now, the present. Okay, perfect. And um, this is not the worst, and that's what Dr. Troy said, this is not the worst that African-Americans have gone through, the uh, Native Americans, indigenous people, 5.5 million Native Americans were killed um, through disease and violence just to create this country, 5.5 million. Uh, over 100 million um, African-Americans uh, died just to create an enslaved 400-year enslaved population. And we were the commodity. We were the economy. And so um, what we're going through is really terrible. It's very painful to hear women um, now becoming alcoholics because they have to be home with their children. That bothers me. But then I thought for 400 years, um, um, some populations never had to be home with their children or when they were home, we were there with them. So I, well, I look advice? at that and um, I have no advice. No, yes, I don't know do. what's going on right now. And my advice is to um, 
know that this is not, I think Dr. Charles said, this isn't the worst thing that's ever happened. And that I think my advice is to know that the divine creator created us in the image. So we're in the image of a creative uh, uh, superior being. So be creative as we take our life forward. I I love it. Uh, Miss Romy, what advice, and you've overcome more obstacles than almost anyone I've ever met. Can you share us advice that you've shared with your kids or advice that you've gotten from others, your mother regarding how to overcome obstacles or, you know, basically, you know, when life throws you a curveball, like today, what advice would you give today? Um, I always give the advice to turn to God first, Um, have hope, have faith, whatever you focus on is going to expand. So if you're focused on all the negative, that's what you're going to get. If you're focused on more of the positive, that's also what you're going to get. And um, also to always listen to that internal guidance, your intuition, God speaking, however you want to say it, but to always trust those, that gut feeling and that inner guidance. I love it. So how much time do you have now, Nate? So I'm going to ask Dr. Tark to help us with this concept of, and again, each of you can answer this question depending on how much time we have. Um, This idea of five minutes is perfect. So we're going great on time, guys. I'm so grateful for you guys giving us these awesome rapid fire Mother's Day lessons learned success strategies. So this has been great. So the last topic relates to this concept of emotional well-being and mental health. We know how important it is. You know, I've heard you talk about different things. Uh, Don, you mentioned that it was important for you to show unconditional love, to magnify your kids' gifts and raise them to be independent. There's some things, you know, that each of you have shared about how important it was to ensure your kids were were, were healthy emotionally. So, Dr. Tart, I'm going to start with you. As it relates to, you know, the idea of mental health, the importance of emotional well-being and feeling your feelings and you know, living your best life, basically. What final advice can you share with us? You know, as a mother, what advice would you share around living your best life and being focused on, you know, both mental and emotional health? Not to be redundant, but uh, one of the things would be to be self-reflective and then to recognize that if there are differences that you you look at yourself, like you just said, your mother told you that it was okay to be different. And one of the things that I thought of is that it's okay not to be okay. And if you know that you aren't okay as it relates to wherever it is or whatever is going on with you mentally and seek advice. It's not unlike anything else that's physical. If something is wrong, then you want to seek advice. So seek professional help. You know, talk to someone to, to talk through whether you're, you know, dealing with anxiety, depression or whatever. Don't be afraid of who you are because God, God is, was the ultimate designer and, and he's created everything. So it's right there for us to take advantage of if we choose to be accountable. I love it. I'm living your best life, living your best life, finding emotional and, and emotional well-being and, and good mental health is so important. Um, Don Mason, you want to have 30 seconds and share us what would sure. you, what advice I, would you I, get your I, kids? I agree with Dr. Tart is that um, we come from a culture, African-Americans come from a culture where we think we can pray our problems away. We cannot. And um so we need to move on to being comfortable with therapy. The other is uh, be responsible for what you do. Just take the full responsibility. Make decisions and take responsibility for the outcome. And actually, if it's a good outcome, share it with everyone. If it's a bad one, then just recognize, debrief with yourself and say, how could this have been better? And make sure that when you do it again, but take responsibility for your life and killing other people, drugging and drinking and being violent that's not taking responsibility take responsibility for your life 
and I love it. We, have, we only have two minutes left. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask. So we, basically what I heard you say is we can't pray our way our problem. We can't just pray away your problem. There's actions we need to take as well, right? So, so, yeah. and, and I also heard you say, be okay with therapy. I think you said you have each of your, your kids, your Everybody's grandkids. Everybody's therapy like you, in my family. Because you're basically saying you got to have a place to really Even share the those emotions. Right, yes. exactly. So right, right. now, Dr. Tar, I think we may have one minute left. But I just love that you said that, Don Mason, as an elder of distinction, putting it out there into the universe that mental health is important. We didn't we hear from pray. Rami. We're, we're going to go to her, but I'm just letting you know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Miss Rami, welcome. 30 seconds. What can you tell us about what to do when living your best life, importance of mental health? And again, you've been doing more things than I've ever heard. Yes. Well, you know what? I would like to say that failure is part of success. Take responsibility for your actions, like Don Mason said, and be reflective always, like Dr. Tart said. I love it. Okay, guys, we got one minute left for the gentleman, Tyler. Um, can you share with me? You were raised by a psychotherapist, so I know you got something to say on the importance of how to live your best life, feeling your feelings, and the, the importance of mental health. What can you tell us about emotional well being? Best advice you've gotten or shared with your kids? Yeah, one of the things you got to do is love yourself. Uh, mm. Remember that, you know, you are important to yourself. Uh, and, and, you know, one, it may sound selfish, but nobody's going to love you like you can love yourself. So uh, mm. don't forget that. Don't forget that. Trust in God and uh, love yourself. All right. Ansley? Same question. If, what if, if, if you can't love yourself, no one else can. Absolutely. I fall, I fall in line. You got to love yourself it. first. You got to be responsible. I, I love it. This has been an amazing. Those are my boy. <laughs> You've done an incredible job. Yes. Aren't they amazing? This one who's looking at me now is that Anthony with the glasses? Huh? We both. The both they both have glasses. So yeah, Anthony okay. is the one, one with the light the shirt. Cap. No, no, no. One minute. One without the cap. I'm, so, so first of all, we got thirty seconds like left. My, on. One second. I just want to say to him, you look just like my son. Y'all could be. Least cut. I love it. So at yeah. 11.50 a.m. is saying we got to close out, guys. You know how we end every show? We yeah. stay with our hands out. It's all bigger than me, baby. It's, it's all, all bigger, bigger than me, baby. Than me, baby. <laughs>